Hello to all you cinephiles, armchair directors, blockbuster chasers, general movie watchers, and those of you that just had nothing better to do. You are now listening to Take Two. Sadie Rose for our spectacular new intro music. So thank you very much. You are now listening to Take Two. I am Frank. I'm Wayne. And today we are going to review Elizabeth Town, which you are very excited about. Oh, I'm hyped about, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna, this is going to be a short uh, intro for Frank. Frank, tell us what's your history on Elizabethtown, directed by Cameron Crowe, released in the year 2005, the year I graduated high school. I have no history with Elizabethtown whatsoever. That's uh, what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I hey, that's the show, I, folks. I, I, <laughs> wrap it up. I remember hearing about it when it came out, but at that age, I wasn't searching out to see a rom-com, and so I just, I assume I just didn't see it. I don't know what happened. I had nothing against it, but... When you said you wanted to do it, I had to watch it, so here we are. This movie I mean I'm not I'm not gonna I'm 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 not going to uh hold the cards too close to my chest on this one. This one has a special place in my heart. I've went into this movie on a date in high school with my arm this happens to me all the time. This is gonna be a, a uh theme throughout the entire podcast where I go to a movie with my arms crossed knowing I'm going to hate this movie and then coming out with either the complete opposite reaction or eh, it's pretty good and because I really didn't want to admit that I liked the movie and mm-hmm. that I kept going back to it and this is one of those movies I went on a date with my girlfriend at the time in uh, 2005 and we watched this and I went with my eyes like I don't want to go to this this is a check flag I went with my arms crossed and Started enjoying the movie more and more, especially with the when we got to Kentucky and the uh, southern hospitality aspect came out, yeah. and it was just so relatable. And I enjoyed the hell out of. I didn't want to admit it at the time. I was just yeah, that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good movie. But really, in my heart, I ha- I still I watched this on the DVD. I bought it on when it came out on DVD. So I st- I watched it on the original DVD that I had it on, and it I loved that movie, and it really bothered me when I found out that a lot of people this movie is kind of universally hated, and I was just like, really? This movie was this movie? I thought it was really I thought it was really good, but apparently a lot of people love to hate on this movie. I get it. And, Honestly, uh, one of the reasons I did I chose Elizabethtown for the podcast was there's not a lot of podcasts on the movie, and the couple that there are, man, they just ravage it. Really, <laughs> Yo, it's brutal. I mean, okay, I get it because there's a lot about it that I did not like. Yeah, but I also just took it as a whole and like I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I have my wife watching it right now at home right now. But I understand. Some people's hate for it. 
Yeah. Maybe not hate. Maybe, hate actually, no, I'm, I'm, stand, I'm not saying, yeah. No, I don't understand the hate for this movie. And we'll get into it in final thoughts. Yeah. But, yeah. So, this movie was directed by Cameron Crowe. Movies he directed earlier were Say Anything, uh, Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, and Vanilla Sky was right before this film. So, mm-hmm. this, it's kind of more in the vein of Jerry Maguire than Vanilla Sky and Almost Famous. Mm, I don't I don't know much about those. You haven't seen any of those. I saw. I've saw, I've seen Jerry Maguire, but I was young. Yeah. I have have never, you seen Vanilla Sky? I don't remember. Oh wow! It's, it a, look? it's a wild movie. I said, it's I, got it's Tom Cruise in it. It's possible, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's a wild movie. That's, that's definitely. You, we should watch that. We should do that for the show one day. But you know, it's, even Almost Famous didn't like. I remember seeing it, but it didn't strike. I, I might not care for this director. Yeah, because a lot of these movies you're talking about, I'm like, yeah, it didn't really hold out for me. Well, actually, it's funny. I really like Vanilla Sky. Uh, almost famous. I feel like it's a little overrated, but I really enjoyed Vanilla Sky and I really enjoyed Elizabeth Town. And it is kind of. I would put Jerry Maguire and Almost Famous together, and I would put Vanilla Sky and Elizabeth Town together if you're talking about, if you want to do a crow double mm-hmm. feature, if you will. But yeah, I saw this movie and I. the, the it, To me, it just got better with age. So let's get into it. Let's do yeah. our second take of Elizabethtown. Right out the bat, I'm laughing my ass off with the macabre humor. Oh yeah, the, I, the whole opening is phenomenal. Is my, I, I thought that I think probably my favorite part of the movie is the opening. Uh, yeah, I agree. With he's he's looking at the emergency exit on the helicopter, <laughs> <laughs> contemplating it. Yeah, and then when he gets out at the gets out of the helicopter and looks up at the blades like you're just well, knowing you don't but you don't really know that yet no like, but you it, see that he's questioning things I, but you don't know why yeah but i can tell the projection he's and a lot of people say one of the criticisms of this movie is orlando bloom can't act in this movie i think he's doing a fine job showing what's going through his head yeah it's a real I mean, it's it a, is kind of a muted performance but i think that's the point i think he is so overwhelmed yeah he's supposed to just with, kind of be flatlining like Oh my God! What's happening with me right mm-hmm. now? That he—it's almost like he can't project emotion. He's yeah. just so—he's almost in, in shock. He's kind of dying inside. Because what he did to this company <laughs> would have put me in shock too. I'd have been so depressed. <laughs> I love the narration in the film. I do like that. A fiasco is a disaster of mythic proportions what's cool though is why talking about all this you have no idea what he's talking yeah they're setting you up and you're just like i what what fiasco why and it honestly this is what good it's this is one of those movies i really think pays off for a second take for a second watch Mm -hmm. because you're like what the hell is he talking about yeah and when you rewatch it you're like wow it actually when you when you're kind of Inside, you're, you're part of the inside joke. You're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and it starts out with the shoes coming back to the factory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome back, boys. Just <laughs> recall, recall, recall. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't. And he, and he goes on. He goes, the difference between a failure and a fa- fiasco. A fiasco is a folktale told to others that makes other people feel more alive because it didn't happen to them. <laughs> and you see the true. reaction of people's like, oh. 
Just tell, tell me tell me about this first story before he meets uh, the surprise character, the build up to this character, oh, yeah. Phil. Uh, like tell tell me about what you like. What are your first impressions like when this film starts opening? Because first impressions, especially with this movie, that that that's a big deal. I actually liked it. I liked it that he was narrating it. I really like when you're kind of watching somebody's inner monologue, like. It's almost as if he's just talking to himself as he's progressing through the whole company. So I really like that. I was sold on that right off the bat. Um, I was slightly confused because I was like, I don't understand why you're so depressed. Um, but obviously they get you into that. But I didn't need to necessarily. I didn't really recognize the fact that he was a gigantic failure uh, right off the bat. I kind of thought, so obviously the plot of the movie is about his dad. I thought this was after this. Like I thought it already happened. Oh, and so that's you're why thinking he was upset. this is, this happened all after the adventure. Yes. Okay. So because the, like the trailer set me up and I knew basically what was going on, I thought that was already happening. So I didn't realize he had even more. You thought his show. life just went to shit yes, right after the whole movie. Yes. I thought like, <laughs> Hey, by the way, his life sucks. Here you go. Let's go. This uh, is how it got to this point. Yeah. So that's what I was like, Oh my God, this guy sucks. Um, <laughs> But I liked him sitting there in his boss's office, like looking at the paintings, talking about that. It was it was a great setup, just talking about this monotonous, shitty office and his rich ass boss. So let's talk about Phil. Like this is another reward on both first and second watch watchings or viewings, if you will. Like first, when you're watching, like who is this Phil guy? I know. I, like I want to know. Did you know? Were you spoiled? Did you know who Phil was? No. No. Oh, no. Yes. I didn't so even know good. if they were going to actually show Phil. So, like I knew nothing about it. I was an Alec Baldwin fan even before when this movie came out. I'm not like a super fan. Not like my right. Bruce Willis fandom. No. Yeah. But um, I loved Alec Baldwin. Anything he was in, I thought he was like, oh, Alec Baldwin, especially his comedy stuff. Yeah. And I was like, who's this? I was like, it could have been anybody. It could have been Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah. It could have been. You know, what, who was, like, popular actor in the 2000s? It could have been any... 2005. It could have been Willem Dafoe. It could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was Alec Baldwin <laughs> just sitting there looking looking out, like, purposely posed. <laughs> he 100% said it. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to talk about it. I love when, before we meet Phil, we talk about who he was. He's the owner of this shoe company. Mm-hmm. And he's obsessed. One of the things stuck out with me is he's a step with the number two. He's like, these are Phil's two prized Norman Rockwell paintings. And the two treasure doors that cost $762,000 each. <laughs> Just fucking ridiculous. Dude, the comedy, I don't think people, maybe, maybe... Maybe I'm the asshole, but I think this is like I'm laughing from minute yeah. one. No, yeah, I agree. In this I, movie, I like, I'm, and I'm not just like chuckling. I'm laughing. I think this is the macabre humor, the the subtlety, and even and to the point where even like the subtle stuff where she's like, "He'll be with you in two minutes." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I wouldn't necessarily horse laugh uh, like you tend to do. Yeah, but because it wasn't just flat out hilarious to me, but I enjoyed watching it. Like I felt the comedy. Um, but it, yeah, it didn't make me burst out laughing, but I liked it, so I was fine to keep going. Oh, I'm 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 horse laughing already. I see. It didn't make me bust out, uh, but I enjoyed the progression because you were kind of anticipating. You're just like, I don't like where are we going from here? And then even in her little office, when he starts talking about his collection of last looks, right? And that's like, before we meet Phil. We uh-huh. yeah. see his family. Uh, how he got to that point, and Jessica Biel. Wow, she is a knockout in this movie, yeah. isn't she? I mean, yeah. she only plays a small role, but she, I mean, she's pretty. 
she's so pretty in this. Mm-hmm. I like that they set him up as a workaholic. Like they, yeah. you see him parting with everybody at the reveal of his shoe. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was, and then even his family's last Christmas, he wasn't there. There's a picture of yeah, him at the table. Picture him at the dinner. table. Yes, you know his dude. This is how weird, how old this movie is, and how like weirded out I am. I almost thought that was an iPad. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, this is 2005. They don't have that. No, I thought that was an yeah. iPad of him joining the dinner table. <laughs> like I'm like, a, oh, wait, like no, a, they didn't have that back then. What's it called? Like a FaceTime. FaceTiming, like like, yeah. No, Christmas. No, it wasn't even that good. There's literally just a printed photo of him in a frame. So, yeah. yeah he wasn't involved that. at all. And uh, we see Jessica Biel's character, by the way, is kind of a shit. Oh, she's a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, she's a dirtbag. <laughs> Because when they show the flashback of her and she's like, anything you need, I'm your girl. And yeah. like, they kiss or whatever. So and then, like, oh, she's, this and then the, girl. that hard cut to them just, like driving. Because <laughs> she's supposed to be his but, girlfriend. Yeah. But when Boy, he's what a screwed, cold girlfriend oh, she's too. Trash. Yeah, she really she is. Sees and him, we've goes, all dated somebody or, oh, yeah. or are almost dated somebody like that. Oh. Yeah, she's oh, but she sucks. sees him. She goes, she sucks so bad. I'll take you to Phil so you don't get lost. Yeah. Like, oh my really? God. That's what you have to say to me? Bitch. Last looks. There's one right now. Like looking at Jessica mm-hmm. Biel. I, you know what, dude? Good. That would. I mean, yeah, you she don't, sucked. Yeah, she sucked. She was a terrible person. And we found out that Ben's fiasco is his shoe lost the company nine hundred and seventy-two million dollars. What? Did, I mean, what are your thoughts? What? I mean, what is? What are your thoughts on that? When that was when you were hit with that, like what's going through your head right now with the plot right now? You're like, are you still trying to figure out what the hell's going on? Yes, I was still a little lost. Uh, number one, his name is Drew. Number what two, did I say? Ben. Ben. Yeah. Well, is, ben. <laughs> ben is somebody is else in the movie. Why do I keep? I've been calling him Ben this whole time. In, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in, in, when I was watching the movie, in my notes, I put Ben. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so anyway, it looks like Orlando a Bloom, uh, Drew. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you asked me now. Um, I'm not editing this out. Guys, I messed it up. His name's Drew. I will try. Don't, yeah, don't edit it out. Yeah. You were wrong. Everyone needs to know how wrong you were. Mm. Uh, the fiasco with the shoe, I was kind of confused, but when he said the $972 million, I wasn't expecting it to be millions. Like, uh, well, there goes that. Um, when he said the number, it shocked me because I was like, okay, this dude's definitely getting fired. I don't know what you did. But I knew at that point, this movie is going to start leading to his life just getting worse and worse and worse. What'd you think of uh, when you found out it was Alec Baldwin who was Phil? Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. The second I saw it. Because he's such a scene stealer anyway. Yeah. So it was a perfect... And I knew he wasn't going to be a big role because most time that character's not. Like, you're supposed mm-hmm. to just be there as a sniveling shit. Yeah. Uh, so I loved having Alec Baldwin in it. And he's so, like... He just... He, 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 he chews the scenery up. He's so yes, good. But he treats him like trash. He's the perfect actor... For that to just kind of be such a condescending, just make you feel like nothing. He was a perfect boss. He is phenomenal when he's not shooting people in the face. (laughs) (laughs) True. Too too soon. (laughs) He, uh, I wanted to jump out of the helicopter. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. He this, never once was like, "Oh my god, dude, are you okay?" I, just don't I, do that. I want. It's almost like I want a movie of Phil. <laughs> I'd watch that movie, <laughs> or almost a TV series. That'd be a good spin-off TV series of Phil. I 100 percent would watch that show. <laughs> god. So I love how he's he's showing Drew the shitstorm mm-hmm. he just created. He's like, my basketball team. They don't even know yet. <laughs> I think when he goes to the other one, he's like, "We could have saved the planet." Yeah. Well, 
He's essentially uh, blaming him yeah, for ruining goes, the planet. Yeah, he goes, my global environment at Watchdog Group. <laughs> we could have saved the planet, but... And he just stops. Yeah, he just stops. And then like, they walks away. Like, he's literally <laughs> kicking him while he's down. He's like, hey, you just cost me $972 million. Also, you're going to be the reason the planet dies. Yeah. <laughs> global environmental watchdog. That yeah. was the one that I laughed so no, hard at. That didn't really <laughs> Could have saved the planet. How do I make the concept of $972 million more real to you? It's the operating budget of a small country. You could actually round it up to a billion. It's so big you could round it up to $1 billion. And he... I cry a lot lately. Because <laughs> <laughs> such a shitstorm. Oh, this is so good. Oh my god! I'm like laughing my ass off. Oh, when and really, like Drew had nothing to say. He yeah, just goes. He couldn't even say I'm fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like I wish there was something I could do. We we we're about to enter a free fall plunge, and the sound you hear is shit hitting the fan globally. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get to he find out he has to do the interview. Mm-hmm. He goes he goes stand up for your work. Actually, I agree with Phil on this. You should stand up. I agree, for but it. Phil is having him do that to yeah. take the heat. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes, I, like, but I, honestly, if it was Phil's thing, I really think Phil would do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like he he's, he he did invest in it, but it's kind of a double-edged sword. But I like he was trying to make himself look like a good guy. He's right. like, make sure they know we hired you right out of college. Yeah. You know, <laughs> was we like, embraced your creativity and then you blew it. Which honestly, he did. I, I, no, he did. I'm pro Phil. He I, did. I, I, he I did am, all those things. Yeah, I am pro Phil. And let's be honest, it was one billion dollars. Yeah. He was a fire lot of money. Any company In 2005 ever. money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He was like, 100% he deserved to be let go. And it come, here's uh, one of your favorite quotes after the interview. Success. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, where did I write it? Success, not greatness, was the only God the entire world served. I love that because it's 100% accurate. It yeah. doesn't matter how good you are. Did you succeed at it? And he didn't. He failed miserably. So Drew goes home, gets ready to kill himself in hilarious fashion. But before that... <laughs> He gets rid of all of his stuff and puts it in an alley. Like mm-hmm. all of his computers, this expensive looking computer, especially mm-hmm. for 2005. His TV, everything. He just puts it in the alley. The only criticism I have of this scene is he would be sweating like a dog after. <laughs> <laughs> he looks complete. He yeah, looks he like fine. he just walked down the hallway yeah, after fine. doing that. But he would have looked exhausted moving all that stuff in the back alley. I mean, maybe if he threw it out, but even then he yeah. would have been. Exhausted, disheveled. Yeah, I like but, this whole. Scene. I mean, that's I like a, this that's scene nitpicking, of... but I mean, we're it's we're kind of in fantasy world, so yeah, it didn't matter. I, I'll go with it. So, and this is another. This is the macabre humor. I think it's hilarious. He tapes the knife on the cycle. The cycle is going. Yeah, he gets all excited when he sees the the yeah. cycle that's going to stab him in the chest. <laughs> yeah, it looks psycho, oh. and he gets on it, throws his tie up, gets ready, and the knife. Comes off the duct tape and goes. <laughs> when I, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird, but I love comedic 
suicide fails. Oh, yeah. Like any show, movie, when you're just watching this person just essentially be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, and he and tries to fail fix it at with it? the... Oh, my <laughs> God. tries to re-duct tape it. It was hilarious. And then right before, Then his sister calls. Mm-hmm. And the movie takes... Kind of a, kind of looked like, well, my world gets worse, but can you call me back? Can you call me back in like, 30 he's like, minutes? Yeah, he's like, like, I just want to kill myself, yeah. please. <laughs> no, dad died. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, ugh. So we get this scene with his sister and his mom, Susan, Susan Sarandon, and sister Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. And they're going to the airport. They're talking about, do you have the blue suit? I have the blue suit. He loved that blue suit. Mm-hmm. Finds out his dad died seeing his family in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And we get into the plane, and there's a transition of him walking. And then we transition up into Kirsten Dunst. And Kirsten Dunst's character... We don't know the name yet. Claire. This is a criticism of the movie people have. They, uh, apparently, I just found out about this term, but there was a term for, like, her character type in the 2000s called Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Mm -hmm. Did you know about that? No. Have you heard about that? No, but that's 100% what she is. So I, I'm going to go ahead and, and here's my criticism of that criticism. I think that's bullcrap because... As the movie progresses, she isn't as caricature as some of these girls are in other movies. No, no, no. Like, I, I feel like she has layers to her as well. Mm-hmm. Like, she has chinks in her armor <clears throat> that will be exposed later on down the road. Yeah. And here's another thing. It is kind of her really... Happy uppity self is kind of a shield. Yeah, it's just a or it's a, a it's a mask. It's a in a you know a wall of protection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she is authentically quirky. She's mm-hmm. not just quirky to be you know. Uh, it's not just a protective she's not, wall. Yeah, she's, she's actually, not quirky just to be quirky and yeah. like make everyone feel she's special. Um, yeah, it we, was a good setup. Like, and I, I even thought about it too. I was like, this felt kind of predictable. Like, because he has this very gray lifestyle where he just goes and does shoes, blah, blah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's this weird, wild, free spirit that pops up. Yeah. Which did feel kind of expected. At first, I was annoyed with it when I first saw it. But then, when I, yeah, as the, char- the character grew on me because I knew there was more to her than yeah, just you realize there's free yeah. spirit. Yeah. You she know. has actual issues. Like, you kind of, she's kind of more real than mm-hmm. they set her up as. Exactly. And, she does a she does a really good job. Uh, Kirsten Dunst and and uh, Orlando Bloom. I think they have pretty good chemistry together yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I like that he's kind of rejecting her at first, mm-hmm. and then he kind of slowly and just the one that scene come, alone, like yeah. starts accepting her more. And all of a sudden, I forget what she says, but all of a sudden he triggers and just starts reacting differently to everything she says. Yeah, and she tries to give him. I mean, why would you not go to first class though? He's like, I'm fine. I'm like, no, dude. She's like, I don't want to walk all the way there. And like, yeah, go to first class. I've never been on a first class. I would love to be just moved up. Mm-hmm. No, I'd go. Even if I'm just going up there to take a nap. Which yeah. never made it. But um, God, It's hard to nap on a plane. I can't do it. I've slept on one plane, maybe. I tried. I may have got like a 15-minute power nap, but the fact that I'm flying in this aluminum tube in the sky. <laughs> oh, that never bothered me. The seats just suck. This bus, and maybe that's yeah, why that's I need the, to go to first it, class. Seats, yeah. Yeah, why would you not go to first yeah, class? Yeah, I'd probably sleep like perfectly if I was in first class. Uh, it was weird. Why was he in this big empty airplane? That threw me off. Like, I don't. 
I don't know if that was like a post 9-11 thing or what. Maybe people were still kind of scared to hop on planes. I mean, I it was know. four it was four years after, so uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It could have been, but yeah, I don't know. That weirded me. I mean, it kind of had to be to set up to why she'd want to talk to this random stranger so much, but it still was just like, uh, I mean, he's flying on a plane. Like, there's the planes are, I've never been on an empty plane, ever, ever. I haven't either, but I've only been on one a couple times. Well, so. I've been on dozens. Oh, have but, you? Yeah, but I mean, I guess I have to accept it because otherwise, what else would set them up? But so it's fine, it's whatever. So she talks about Claire talks about names. She talks about a Phil. Phils are dangerous. They're so un, more unpredictable. And she talk. She talks about her. She talks about his dad named Mitch, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Son of a Mitch, never <laughs> met a Mitchell I didn't like." And she's dating a guy named Ben. Ben, yeah. So I was waiting. I was like, here's Ben. This is where the Ben we never see that I'm calling the main character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she does all that name talk, right? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, Mitchells are this. And, oh, Drews are this. And, oh, duh, 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 duh. kind of like zodiac you know? Yes. You know what, though? I think there's some truth to that. Oh, there's 100% truth like, in that. I've met... So I've had people go, oh, you're definitely... Because my first name... I don't go by. I go my middle name. My name always Wayne. Wayne, and they're like, "You're definitely a Wayne. You're not an Everett." So yeah. um, I don't know. It's like names are names are important. I I, I go. Yeah, I'm actually an advocate of that. Like names are important. And <laughs> when I was naming my kids, I wanted them to have. I was I I thought really hard mm-hmm. when we were choosing. We both did when we were choosing name for our kids. My yeah. wife and I. And yeah, names are definitely important. I mean, that's what they're going to be going by. That's yeah, part of but your identity. Is, yeah, it's part of your identity. Yeah, I, I, that's so small in this movie, but it's something you can take with you. Like I love that. So here's. Uh oh, here we go. Here's my. It problem. comes Frank's criticism no, no, of the movie. No, no, hold on. <laughs> this is what drove me nuts. So they're doing this whole name thing, okay, but you don't know her name. If I remember correctly, like, you haven't gotten to her. I name think she yet. introduced herself at the very end, like I'm Claire. It, no, that's what I'm saying. At but the you end, know what I was thinking? Bridges up, Claire. <laughs> so right when she's doing the name and she said, "My name's Claire," I immediately stopped. I went, "Claire, Claire, Claire's a fat girl's name." <laughs> Oh, I was like, of all the names they could give her, they gave her Claire. Yeah. I was so annoyed. And even though, like, yeah, the movie, the character is all about names. They give her such a just name. I was like, Claire. Claire. I was so mad. That's so funny. We were thinking the same thing. Yeah, it'd be, I mean, Claire. Claire. <laughs> yeah. So that joke. Although I will say, this character did well. Molly Ringwald was pretty in Breakfast Club. Claire, maybe Claire. This has like a negative connotation to it, mm-hmm. but really cool people are named Claire. Yeah, there's probably nothing wrong with the name Claire. You know but what? I heard I've it. never met a Claire actually. Have you met a Claire? No, no, I don't think I. Have. Ew, that's weird. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> You're gonna be going through your memory break. All I am. I'm like, God, have I met a Claire ever? Well, at least it's not Karen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all the Karens in the world have been ruined now too. See, that's another I do one. feel bad. There are some good Karens out there. Not. That just even sounds wrong to say now. Like, I know. I'm just like, Ugh, no, there's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, I know, I know a lot of nice people I know see, are named Karen. Yeah, but that shows how important names are to where we have literally created an image of the type of person yeah, but the just name... based off of a name that yeah. someone said on the internet. Yeah. We're all like, oh, yeah, that's a fact. I could see it now. That's definitely a, that's definitely a Claire. Mm-hmm. Just like a You look at these, like, Keith. You look at these fat. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> like fat people fails. You're like, oh, that one's definitely a Claire. <laughs> that's a Claire. That's a Claire if I've ever seen one. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I was super <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so after all that hype, Claire. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know what I would have named her. Though. That was such a letdown to you, wasn't it? Claire. It was. I was like, did I was you pause the movie? Some... Did you pause it? Yes, because uh, I literally stopped and I had to write. I literally, look at I wrote down, I wrote Claire. Like I was in shock. <laughs> like, that's the name they went with. Claire is a fat girl. <laughs> I wrote Claire. That Claire's a fat girl's name. Dot, dot, dot. After all that name talk. And that's her stupid idiot name. So I, I, I like this scene too. It's, it's subtle, but it's not at the same mm-hmm. time. Where she takes the suit from, she goes, let go, I can handle this. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I, maybe it's me, I think it is subjective, but something about this movie just speaks to me. Like, yeah. little little notes like that. She takes it, she looks at the suit, and I think we, we're supposed to know that she knows now where, where Mitch really is. Yeah, where he's going, yeah. And uh, we are about to, I'm, I, I put it on my notes, this is the end of Act 1. Uh, before we end Act 1, he dreams about his dad. That was emotional for me. Where he's a kid, he's yeah. been buckled up. Maybe it was... Oh yeah, we're then... And I also wanted to say, also wrote down, I love the soundtrack in this movie already. I, I don't remember it standing out to me, but I feel like that's also kind of a good thing. Like it flowed with the movie. It, it was... I either want to not notice the soundtrack, yeah. or I want it to blow my freaking mind. Well, it blew my mind. I know same. a lot of it's not really instrumental. A lot of it's kind of like a mixtape, which mm-hmm. leads kind of, to yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I love the music in this movie. I mean, we had Tom Petty. Yeah, it was good at the very beginning. We had this one. I think it was Ryan Adams. I'm not sure, but it was. I mean, I I thought it just hit all the scenes that it was in. It hit perfectly. See, I'm going to agree because I didn't notice yeah. it. I didn't notice it. It so never stood out to me. What it stood out for me as it. a good thing for you, but you didn't notice it. You just felt like it blended yeah, in. It just so. felt like it was part of the movie. Wow. So, I, well, I, Maybe if you had a home theater system instead of watching on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I wasn't watching it while I was making a breakfast burrito in my no. kitchen, I would have noticed the sound a little. Maybe if I wasn't watching it in the shower. <laughs> getting ready let's, for the podcast. Listen, man, you watch your movies like you watch yours with a freaking giant tub of popcorn. I watch it. 100%. Okay, so we're in Act 2, and we are woken up by Claire. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for saving all of our jobs, maybe even the airline. <laughs> and he looked around. <laughs> this is the weird humor where he's just, it's just quiet. That's so awkward. And she grabs his hand. Again, probably people hate this, but I loved it. We are intrepid. We carry on. And she wrote, she brings up the map she wrote to Louisville, mm-hmm. not Louisville. Not Louisville. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give credit again to this movie. They, this movie gets, or Cameron Crowe, he wrote it. He gets Southern people. Mm-hmm. It's not caricatured. That's what I was Well, saying. it's that was caricatured a big thing me. just enough. Yeah. But I, and I don't feel like, eh, this people doesn't know, this, this person doesn't know anything about Southern culture. I'm like, no, this guy has spent some time in yeah, Kentucky. I, I did like that. I like that they didn't make it the, they didn't make the Southern people a joke. Yeah. It. They did a it little was, bit. They they put it, put it on a, under a magnifying glass maybe, which is fine because sometimes you have to do that in mm-hmm. order to move the movie and make mm-hmm. it relative. But yeah, they didn't make it into part of the joke like some other Southern movies do. And so that was fun. Yeah, and... You know, she says, 60B, and 
Again, this is where I say she's a better character than the what they say, manic pixie dream mm-hmm. girl, because she does the picture thing. Right. Yeah. I like that because she didn't do it for him. She did that for her. Mm-hmm. So that shows us as the audience. I'm putting way too much thought into this rom-com back in 2005. <laughs> that shows us as the audience that she is quirky. Mm-hmm. It's not just for show. It's just not a wall protection. Yeah. She is an actual free spirit mm-hmm. in some way. I agree. So in my notes on Act 2, 60B... Uh, Welcome to Elizabethtown. Uh, by the way, he missed 60B. He did, did miss I it. miss 60 like, Did I miss B? 60? Because she told him, she said, don't miss it. Make yeah. sure you get 60B. He's like, okay, I get it. And he still blew it. Uh, and Southern Small Town Hospitality, meet Cousin Jesse. Hold on. What? That scene of him driving in bugged the living crap out of me. Yeah, that was that was, it was over the top. Yeah, I figured we could get into that on a Monday morning armchair. Okay, because yeah. I want to... Like, oh, by the way, I've been to Elizabethtown. Is a small town, but it's not that small. Not everybody. Yeah, it, this this is projecting. This is the only thing the movie got wrong about small towns. Small towns are, you know, they are nicer to people. But a town that small wouldn't have really. It wouldn't have uh, buildings that nice. It would have a blinking. Mm-hmm. It would have a four way stop sign and a blinking red light. The way they're projecting yeah. the town to be. Yeah. yeah, as far as that goes. But you know what? Again. I'm going to go with it because everything else has seemed... No. And I'm not going with it. You and are. And when we get it. to Monday Morning Armchair Director, I'm going to tell you that it drove me absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. I'll wait. Okay. So he gets to the family. So we meet Cousin Jesse. Yeah. You know what? It's Cousin Jesse, played by the guy on uh, Parks and Rec Season 1. Oh, uh, yeah. I always think of that him. That guy. I always think of him in... Um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's who I like. When I see him, that's the scene I go. That's the character I go back to. What is his name? Let's go to the IMDb's cast. New app for you. Yeah, How exciting. It's still not working. Not it works fine. People, let me just okay. Say, Paul Schneider. Paul Schneider. Yeah, look, I found it already. Jesse. I no, called Paul him. Schneider. Yep. Let's get into one of our segments recasting call because I called him. We couldn't afford Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> 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 I feel like that was too small a role for old Matthew. Um, but it did. But he I, I liked his character. That would have been I, cool. If he, he had a smaller role in Wolf of Wall Street. Come on. Okay, but that was a Scorsese. It's not exactly the same. But um, It's a Cameron Crowe film. <laughs> exactly. Everybody wants to be in a Cameron Crowe film. It's Cameron Crowe. <laughs> uh, I like I liked the character. The actor's fine. But... Um, it felt like it could have been so many other people. It could, but that I felt like he was trying to channel Matthew McConaughey a little bit. Yeah, that's much. what I mean. He just, like, he felt like someone playing a character. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like he should have been redone. So let's do re- let's do recasting call. Um, I know it's a little early in the podcast, but I'm going to go with some of the main, just the main characters. A lot of the criticism comes from the casting. Mm-hmm. They said Orlando Bloom didn't act. You know, they said, or well, some people, I was listening to a podcast that was ripping it up, said Orlando Bloom was like a zero, and Kirsten Dunst was like an 8,000, and he wanted 50-50. And I, I disagree. I liked Orlando Bloom's portrayal. I think he did what, Orlando Bloom's an actor. He's going to give you what you want from him. Yeah. He's not going to add a lot, I, I don't feel. 
that he's not going to create his own character. No, like, he's not Johnny Depp. No, I mean, no, if you no, want no. Johnny Depp to do that, you give Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. I would have definitely recast if I had the budget. I would have been like, give give back the dump trunk of money up to Matthew McConaughey, even for that small <laughs> role. I would have. I would have loved to see. I think, and I would have given him a couple more lines. I know this movie's long enough as it is, <laughs> but for for what it is, yeah, but yeah. I would have. I, I think it would have made. I think it would have made the movie more enjoyable. So I would have cast Matthew McConaughey. And honestly, that's the only one I would have recasted, period, full stop. Now, if we're playing around with who would I cast, like, alternatively, who else mm-hmm. could I see in the roles? These would have been different performances, but oh, yeah. I would have cla- I would have cast Heath Ledger as Drew, Ooh. not Ben. Uh, I would have, there's no way I would have, I would have touched Alec Baldwin. No. Uh, and I would have put Amy Adams as Kirsten Dunst's character, Claire. Hmm. And I thought that, I think there would have been a different, little bit, I think this would have been an in-between performance. Yeah. I think this would have been the best of the best if you would have had Heath Ledger, Amy Adams, and Matthew McConaughey. Now, if you wanted something completely different, somebody was showing like weird, like crazy different emotions, it would have made the movie almost a different movie. You could have done Jake Gyllenhaal as Drew and Anne Hathaway as Claire. I feel like Anne Hathaway. Out of all your decisions so far, I agree with that one. Um, Ashton Kutcher was actually cast as um, Drew, mm-hmm. but apparently, if I remember correctly, they didn't like his. Um, what's the word? Um, it was portrayal, I think. Yeah, but it was him and Kristen Dunst. They didn't. Oh, work he didn't well have together. chemistry. Yeah, they had, okay. I think they read that they didn't have a lot of chemistry together, and they wanted her. And so they ended up recasting, which I think they went back to Orlando Bloom. Like, they postponed everything. I think everything. Cameron Crowe, yeah, wanted Orlando Bloom. Yeah, so he stopped but everything. But he was shooting Lord of the Rings or something, and so he stopped production. Mm-hmm. And he is known for that uh, type of... He is known for that type of production. Like, yeah. if he wants something bad enough, he's like, no, we're going to do it this he way. Did. He paused everything until he can get Orlando That's Bloom. That's crazy. I know. Which I feel like Ashley would have done okay. I feel like he would have been funnier in that role, but... I mean, Orlando. I don't know. I'm not I a like, big Orlando Bloom fan, though. I'm not either, but I feel like I actually this is I don't know, this is my favorite Orlando Bloom performance. I'm not saying it's his favorite, my favorite movie he was in, but it's <laughs> no. my favorite performance. I think he did fine. He did fine. No, I feel like he. I like the fact that he was very. He's going through the sh- shock where everybody's like, "Oh, he's not. He's not portraying this realistically enough." How do you know? Like people react to trauma in different ways. I had no like, issue with his trauma. Because I feel like he didn't have time to absorb the trauma. Yeah. Like, but I like that he was very dry. Mm-hmm. He's very just like flat where everyone else is really big characters. And so that's why I feel like he worked. Because everyone else is supposed to stand out as big, big, big and loud. He was supposed to kind of be just a generic person. So I was okay with it. I don't know if I'd recast very many people. So we are introduced to the family, and it's uh, we find out uh, Paula Dean is his is it his aunt. I think it is. I think it's his aunt. Yeah, yeah. in her it's, film debut, she was actually. really funny in this. She like was, she for some woman that was did basically <laughs> cooking, cooking shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was really funny. She was. I know women like her character. Like I mm-hmm. really should have a picture of your mom somewhere. And they, <laughs> Skipped right over. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is all, all you're this side of the fam. This is who you're from. So yeah. He just completely forgot about the other side. And they always People say he's from California. California. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how they do things. It's like this is your dad's ring, West Point. I don't know how they feel about that in California, but in Kentucky, this is a big deal. I'm, I'm not from California. Even though we're from, and I like this is a, a play through the movie. 
even though we're from Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, and they were, actually he did meet his wife in California, but they moved to Oregon like mm-hmm. in their infancy, I think when he was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. She said, I think we only, we only lived in California for as a family for 27 days or something, yeah. or like a 27 months or something mm-hmm. small like that. So she's like, we're not from California. Yeah, I love that running joke. Yeah. I, I thought like of you it. initially when there's like California. Because, guys, Frank's from California. <laughs> I'm actually from Oregon. But, uh, Are no, you really? No, no. <laughs> no. I know. Hell no. I don't know how they do podcasts in California. <laughs> but in the South, we take it a little bit more seriously. Take it a little more seriously. It, it, it's it probably is, the opposite. It's very important. That's 100% opposite. Yeah. It's way more serious in California. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they do podcasting in Tennessee, but in California, it's very important. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know what podcasting means to you in California over there, but I like that running joke. I do. I, li- I like constant. And it comes to a clue. This is this is a good one. We'll talk about it later, but the joke actually comes to a conclusion, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of gets resolved. Yeah. So, this is another great, macabre, funny moment where he meets the guy that embalmed his dad at the funeral home mm-hmm. and did the makeup for yeah. the body. He goes, did I not capture your dad again? Yeah. I like hearing something. He's like, look at it from different angles. I'm like, what the fuck? That's Cause weird. He was, yeah, because there's this moment you like where he's telling me what he looked like. Yeah. But let me get to the, before you do that, I love the part where he, go ahead and cry. <laughs> he slams the tissues on the coffin. Yeah, because they're all very emotional. Yeah. He's just feeling nothing yet. Uh, the reveal of the dad was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that they're all standing there waiting for his he reaction. He did look like a dead body. <laughs> 100%. He was definitely... He's a great dead act, dead body actor. Mm-hmm. He looks very... Oh, I'll, 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 I'll let you get to that part you like. But this... this My wife and I were watching this, and we got we had to actually pause and have this conversation. Does it ever look to you... Have you How many viewings have you been to? You've been a few. A few? Handful, yeah. Why does it look like sometimes the body is breathing in the coffin? Have you noticed that? I actually think it's... Is that our eyes playing tricks on us? Yes, is, I think because you're used to someone breathing. Yeah. So there is, but at that point, they've kind of dissipated the inside. But I think it's you telling yourself that it's supposed to be breathing. Oh, like you're so wow. used to it. That's how I it's was like. It's like a weird lizard brain mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of like when you see a certain picture. I remember when I was a kid, I like would they're moving. I swore my great grandmother was still in that breathing coffin. It's like there's no way. She was embalmed and everything. That's why they used to have bells and stuff because sometimes they Oh my they God, were. that is so creepy. <laughs> That's why we have the graveyard ship now. Um, so yeah, I think it's actually your brain playing tricks on you, but it is so weird. But does that happen to you? Have you looked? I have not. I, I, oh like, wow! I, I, least... I think I'm just staring long enough to where my eyes are playing tricks on me. Yeah, I don't know. Because it does that thing where this is a, a heightened reality of it, where his dad smiles uh, in the call. He, he does look like yeah. he's smiling. <laughs> no, he so, does. He does he actually, smile? Yeah, okay. he smiles. Uh, yeah. So okay, so he says the same concept. All of a sudden, his dad starts smiling, but it's like you're, you're definitely dead. Yeah, he's hallucinating. But okay, what yeah. was? What was the thing you liked about the It's actually, scene? it's something that weirds me out. He's, yeah. He keeps trying to think of the word, mm-hmm. and he finally just like, it's so whimsical. I don't know why, but it, like... It's so odd, it stands out, but odd. it fits at the same time. Yeah, because he's just trying to process everything. But, I don't know, that scene, that whole scene was awkward. So, <clears throat> Drew checks into a hotel with the company card. I thought that was hilarious. He's oh, like, yeah, he goes, let it rip. The hotel attendant, he's like, here's yeah. the credit card, let it rip. She's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture her. Oh, so when we get in the hotel, Drew plays phone tag, 
And honestly, here's the thing. You can say this dates the movie with the type of cell phone they use. And I guess it does. But where I'm from that era, I can relate to that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Where you're doing the call waiting, the phone tag, mm-hmm. talking on the phone. Yeah. Uh, so he's playing phone, phone tag with uh, his sister, Claire. He's calling everybody. Nobody's yeah, calling everybody. Then everybody calls at the same time. A right. uh, little fun fact. Um, <laughs> I have literally found that somebody wrote... Like this in the fun facts, he has a SCH-A670 is his type of phone, and it can ring and it can vibrate, but it cannot ring and vibrate at the same time as it does in the movie. And the fact that somebody wrote down what his type of phone was, I was like, that is awesome. I don't know why. I thought that was such a weird fun fact. Oh, so it, it can't do it nothing. Some, I never would have guessed that. No, I would have never thought twice because it doesn't matter. Because they did that back in the day. Well, our phones can do it. But yeah. now that I think about it, I'm like, they might not have done it at the Maybe same time back didn't. then. didn't. I yeah. don't know. I had one of those phones. Maybe, I don't know if it's the exact same model, but I had one of those flip phones. Claire has an LG VX3200, <laughs> in case you were curious. You would take notes <laughs> on that. That's because when I saw that, somebody had notated that. I was like, like when I was reading the uh, the trivia or whatever, I was like, that is such a weird piece of information. But them being on their phone is a very important part of the movie. Yes. And so I don't know why. I, just, I was like, I was like, I don't care what kind of phone they have, but I'm also glad that I know. But before we get to that, let's get to the point where, let's cut to the part where he calls his sister. His mm-hmm. mom's freaking out on the phone. His sister is saying, come back, you need to hurry. And After she fought and sent him out. She's yeah. like, you need to go, you need yeah. to go, you need to go. Actually, I hate the sister character. Oh, she's trash. Yeah. I hate her. I hate her guts. Because <laughs> she, the fact that the dad dies, she goes, you need to go handle You're this. the oldest. You're the you responsible one. It. It's like, you're the one with the kids. What yeah. do you mean? Like, Why the are you, hell what the, you are you Are you going? God, I'd hate for him to be the responsible one. You're the one with the children? Jesus. Yeah, she was... Because immediately yeah, she's like, could not "Mom's her. losing it. She's trying to do all these things." She's taking I tap dancing was annoyed class. with her character yeah, yeah. so much. Yeah. And then we get back to Jessica Bill's character. What was her character's name? You remember? Jessica. Uh, Ellen. Yeah, Jessica. Ellen. Ellen. Her real name. Her real name is Jessica. Her real name is Jessica. It's Ellen. Ellen. Yeah, Ellen. 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 <laughs> What's in a name? <laughs> <laughs> so really, she will become. She will go on to become a lesbian with a talk show host. Be a talk show host. What, Ellen? <laughs> oh, Ellen. <laughs> Talking about names. I was like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I said it wrong too. I said a lesbian with a talk show host. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh God. Um, yeah, Not she generous. sucked. Um, the fact that she she kind of. Gave up on him and broke up with him because of his failure. I don't think I've met Ellen either. Let's just go through names since this is the theme, one of the themes of this movie. I haven't met Ellen. What's his sister's name? His sister's name is... Let's see. Heather. I've met Heathers. I've known some Heathers. Is she a Heather to you? Mm, I could see it, yeah. It's yeah, like, Heather, come then. on. Because like, yeah. Heathers can either be successful or they're just Jesse like... Jesse is definitely a Jesse. Oh, 100%. <laughs> He is the most fitting name of the entire show. Drew is... Uncle Dale is definitely Uncle Dale. Uh, the uh, coroner is definitely a Charles. Chuck is definitely a Chuck. And Paula Dean is oh definitely... Oh my god, I love Chuck. <laughs> Paula Dean is definitely a bed, an Aunt Dora. Like, oh yeah, I can I, see Aunt Dora so and Doris. And... What, do you give, what do you give a score? I give it a... I give it a 85% accuracy on names. Oh, yeah, the names are great. Yeah. Except for... Claire. Claire, <laughs> Claire yeah. and Ellen... Bill, Bill, uh, we'll meet him in a few minutes. Bill is oh, definitely Bill Banyan a Bill Banyan is the most fitting name of the entire yeah. day. He's a Bill Banyan for sure. <laughs> he looks like a Bill Banyan. God. 
The fr- but I mean, his name is Bruce McGill in real life, so it's yeah. very fitting as well. Either way, he nailed it. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the the names are very important. Yeah. Oh, so so now we get on the phone. We're having this cool. We we're we're both millennials. We I think we've both been in the situation where we've had the long. Con- this is before we texted all the time. Mm-hmm. We had the long conversation with the girl we liked, mm-hmm. and they liked us too. We talked for hours on the phone. Dude, this made me nostalgic. And I know nostalgia is history after a couple of drinks, mm-hmm. but this really made me... I was like, I remember doing that, talking oh, to yeah. somebody on I, the phone I felt it for so hours. much. Especially because they... And that feeling you, you get when, they, you, when it's that person you yes, like. And you're in the, in the 10th hour of that freaking phone call, and they're yeah. doing other things. And they're talking about stuff that people talk about. Like, this is good mm-hmm. writing. It's yeah. like they talk about stuff people talk about. Like, who is they? Them. Yeah. The collective Them. them. Uh, I like that they kept progressing and they like they didn't just sit on the couch and talk. No, they she's kept scooping the litter boxes. Yeah. She went and took a bath. Yeah, and he's just farting around. Um, I liked they're it a like, lot. Walk, then they're talking. They're using hand gestures when mm-hmm. they're on the phone. It's like, oh, that's so. Yeah. that is real. That, that is very much that era. Real like, moment. I hundred percent did that for hours and hours and hours and hours. Now, as a viewer, it went on for so damn. The conversation, yes, okay, like, uh, like, as like you think that montage should have been a minute, short. they could have okay. cut it in half. Let, let's take, let's say this. I'm, I know I'm, I'm a defender of this movie, yeah. As a person of that era, I thought yes. it was perfect, yes, 100%. but as a person, if I'm a Gen Z or Alpha or even maybe even Gen X, or mm. I'm like, yeah, or older Gen X, or I'm like, yeah, I can see how this scene would annoy the hell yeah, out of me. There's a reason this movie's super long, like, yeah. there's certain segments that they just drug out. And they did it in the sense to make you kind of see, like, okay, so look at these two people. Their relationship's growing. But I'm like, that's good. It was necessary. But just the guy watching it, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, they're still on the phone. So we get, uh, uh, we meet Bill Bannon, who apparently had some beef or kind of screwed his dad over. In the, mm-hmm. But he walked so in there. Get into but it, it's like, a, it is kind of a small down thing. It's like, well. I see everybody's here and didn't invite me. And everybody's just awkwardly quiet. Because <laughs> in the South, you still don't want to be rude even though know, you ate their like, guts. Mm. And like, Bill Bannon, how you doing? Like, oh. Everyone's like, oh my God, Bill, welcome. <laughs> but that, was, that was a scene I wanted to touch on even though that happened before. Mm-hmm. So, they're talking. And again, this gets into movie world and not real world. But they're like, you know what? Sunrise is only a little bit away. You're 30 minutes away. Let's meet. Mm-hmm. And I like that scene where they're talking. Are you there yet? No, I think I see you. Mm-hmm. And they just get out, and they're on the phone. And hell, we did this the other day. We were talking, and we got out, and we were still on oh, the yeah, phone. Oh yeah, we're with still each- on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I'm sure gonna, I guess it. I'm gonna hang up now. Of course, yeah, I, we, I, I see you now. Yeah. <laughs> when do we? When is the proper time to hang up? I know That's it's a, weird. That is a question for the uh, Instagram users. When is the proper time to hang up the phone when you're meeting somebody and you and you're still on the phone with them? Um. As soon as you see them, as soon as you see their car. So, yes, I think it fluctuates because some people are like, okay, I'm going to go. I'll see you in a minute. Yeah. I give my wife crap every time because, like, if we're going to the same place, we're on our phone, like, okay, we meet, she'll automatically be that person like, okay, boop, changes the phone. And so I give her crap. I'm like, wow, really? You're just going to hang up on your husband just like that? Like, you don't even care? Just hang up the phone? And she's like, we're in the same location right now. Um, I get anxiety, like, not so much with, with other people. With my wife, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to see you. I'm like, okay, look, and get off the phone now. <laughs> I, I've told her that before like when we were dating I would be like we, we have to hang up because we need something to talk about when we get together I know which, 
kind of especially leads to this. okay when when this when you're this early in a relationship you yes. can talk about everything there's mm-hmm. still stuff to talk about you can talk about stuff on the phone but when you're when you've lived with a person for like 10 years you're just you're almost like I don't want to tell you about my day on the phone because mm-hmm. I have to have something to talk about yeah later I want to tell and, you about my day when I see you yeah I want yeah. to talk to you in person yeah and then I'm gonna get crap from my no you're not I listen to your podcast when you're at that when you're at home when you're cooking <laughs> I, she did that when I was watching Game of Thrones. Like, oh yeah. Anytime, like if I had to go brush my teeth, I'm so I'd bad about it going home and trying to do stuff. But okay. when I want to be occupied, I want to occupy my brain. So I'll be like cooking, but I listen to podcasts. Yes, I do the same thing. And she gives me so much crap okay. about that. I'm like, and part of me is like, yeah, she's kind of right. Uh, I probably should talk to her more. But then some like, and, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear about your day. Yeah. <laughs> I have the lucky because she likes. To I love unwind. you, honey. By the way, I, I do yes. like hearing about your day. Luckily, my wife wants to unwind, and so she's just like, "You can go watch your movie now. Like, don't talk to me for a minute, so she can unwind until she's prepped to talk about her day." So that's when I watch my shows. Anytime I'm like brushing my teeth or I'm cooking because yeah. I prepare my breakfast, everything. So I'll sit. That's that's how I watched this movie. Yeah, I put it up while I was cooking or I was making my protein shake for the next day. That's when I get my time in to watch the movie. So yeah, I can't I can't tell my wife about stuff on the phone. Well, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> she is listening. She better be listening. Okay, we're trying to be a success here. She's watching Elizabeth Town today. Like when I left the house, I was like, "Hey, go watch the movie so you actually know what we're talking about." No, I think the communication here with my wife is I want to talk about like big idea stuff, and she mm-hmm. want to talk about the day stuff, and I just want to forget the day ever happened half the time, unless it's about the kids or her. I agree with that. Like sometimes I don't want to talk about my. I listen to her day all day long. Yeah, I get talk sometimes politics, I, I music, talk anything, about. anything with my wife. I love talking to my wife about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. or just kind of like big idea stuff. But man, monotony of the mediocre day. I just I don't even want to think about. It. I had enough of it today, and mm-hmm. maybe women are just different and want to talk about that stuff. And guys are just like, nope, I want to forget about it as soon as I get home. I want to crack open that <laughs> that beer and completely forget yeah. this thing I call work yeah. ever happened. I want to forget that location exists. <laughs> but back then, that's kind of all you did. Like like I said, when they were on the phone for those hours, yeah, you had to talk about everything yeah. and anything. Oh, when you first meet somebody, you can't. Yes, like there's so much crap to talk about. So we we get to the rock. Apparently, it's cloudy. You can't see the sunrise, and they're like, "We peaked on the phone." I love that awkward silence. That's how it is. I've thought about that. Like when you know someone only online or only on the phone or whatever, and that's how you. Especially nowadays, like well, not nowadays, but mainly like the MySpace era, where I would have friends that you talk to on MySpace all the time. Then you meet them, and you're not really that great of friends. And so I love that they had that moment where she goes, we peeked on the phone. He goes, yep. And they just both get up and leave. That's, I liked it. That's kind of good. That was one of my favorite scenes. All, hey, it, just, you know, hit to guys out there want to talk about shit with uh, a friend, do a podcast. I mean, you don't ever peek. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there's always there's always stuff to talk about. Yeah. So this I put that this is the end of Act 2. Uh, and it's I, I like this scene, but it kind of doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it does in his mind, but they drive off. She gives him that look under her glasses, like last look. There's one right now. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that scene. I love how he the delivery of it mm-hmm. of the line. I don't know if it makes much sense because well maybe he thinks it's a last yeah, look. Yeah, it's him thinking that. Okay. Well, we've just solved that problem in my head right now. So then we get into Act Three, the cremation debacle. So Drew's on the phone with his mom. 
For some reason, she wants to cremate him because Bill Bannon's there. It doesn't make any sense to me. The whole stuff with his family over in California, I mean Oregon, yeah, <laughs> is kind of annoyance to me. I agree. Um, but I love the scene. This, this, there's this like these little details. This is where I'm like, this guy knows Southerners and gets south. He's like, Bill, Uncle Dale, and Charles are there. You know, out there in California, how many people get cremated? 80% I read. Get out. <laughs> There's no way that's accurate, by the yeah. way. But I did like it. Uh, why were, I, They were so anti-cremation. Yeah. And they are so obsessed with the blue suit. But I like that he could not make the decision. Yeah. Like, he's calling his mom. He's feeling pressure from them. He knows he thinks his dad wanted to get cremated. So that's what he wants to do. But yeah. they were all so freaking torn. And his mom just didn't care at all. Until all of a sudden she found out Bill Banyan was there. And then she's like, you better cremate him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they sit on the table. They're talking about, you know, cremation again. And he's fine. That's it. We're doing cremation, mm-hmm. and that's the decision from California. And everybody just kind of looks. Everybody starts laughing. Like, Oregon. Yeah, I mean, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> he's even starting to fall for himself. Oh crap! I forgot it again. Another a character you like, uh, Chuck and Cindy, when they were oh on the my phone. God. Chuck was. <laughs> The fact, the fact that they're that first of all, this wedding is just taking over this hotel. Yeah, but Chuck, which is accurate by the way, if you've ever been to a wedding at a hotel, they I'm not. I went to one, uh, which one at the Reed House uh, downtown, and um, they were having a wedding there, and they do kind of take over. It's kind of cool, actually, and you're kind of part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and there, I were there for our anniversary, and we had a good time. It was kind of cool being like part of a wedding that you're really not part of at the same time. I've never gotten to experience that. Uh, I like that he went to go take the beer. He's like, I'm taking Chuck and Cindy's beer. The guy's like, you're a, you're a friend of Chuck, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, me and Chuck. He goes, nope, I'm Chuck. Uh, I like that. I like that actor. You know, he's always just small little things. He got so weird and emotional. Like, yeah, just my dad just died. Guy. Yeah, but I know people like that. That's Chuck. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, especially when they're drunk. Like, they get so over the top. Like, And so I just like that Chuck accepted him right off the bat. Small little, small little scene, but he's like, "I love you guys," and she's like, "I love you, Chuck." So, uh, the next part of the movie, Claire and Drew try to figure out how they want to tell each other how they feel. Yeah, they really struggled there for a bit. Yeah. The, the but I get the, that too. It's, it's weird. <clears throat> Again, it's it it. I get that it's not for everybody. I understand what the movie is trying to do, though. But, it's these two people who won't. To be in a relationship, but at the same time, they don't. No. My issue is that... Maybe it's like they, they feel that it's right, but they're almost questioning, should I? But you didn't really get to watch their build. You had to watch it in a montage, because one of the flaws in this movie to me is that they're focused on other things so much... Yeah. ...that they have to do these quick little montages to build their relationship. Yeah. So you went from them just being But my the God, phone. the movie's long... For what it is, the movie's long enough as it is. It's way too long, which yeah. is why I would have taken out some of the other things... And kind of built their relationship a little more instead of just seeing a montage. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, you just told me that you like me. I'm like, how did we get here? Like, why are we all of a sudden jumping to this? Well, and this goes back. I, I do like this scene. After they go around and show their little adventures around Elizabethtown, like see Colonel Sanders' grave, which I thought was weird, but it was cool. It was kind of like a... They're in Kentucky. Pre- yeah. But it was kind of like a preview of like the road trip that he was going to take mm-hmm. later. Yeah. So, but so they're winding down the evening, and we've all again. This is so real. We've all been in that situation where, like, okay, is this time to kiss the girl? It's mm-hmm. like put up or shut up. 
And I like the scene they have right before where you're like, you, I like you without the jokes. You don't have to put that wall up in front of me. I, I, he, because she's already kind of, you know, put her guard down a little yeah. bit. And he's like, I like you without the jokes. I like that moment. Yeah. Anyway. I was torn. And then they have that. Now, I will say this: I don't like this thing where they almost kiss. She's like, maybe just, maybe we just did something that we would have. We just prevented something that we would have regretted the rest of our yeah. lives, and we could be friends. I was like, oh, not the friend zone. I know, but I don't think she was fully accepting that they were ever going to be together. So yeah. I think she's kind of protecting protecting herself from getting hurt. And so I was okay with it. So she's... the question is: Is Ben real? No, no, you don't think Ben's real? No. Okay. I even thought it earlier in the and then he kind of accuses her of it. No, I don't think there's a Ben. I think she's trying to protect herself because she thinks this dude's going to flee. Mm-hmm. And since she's kind of quirky, she made up an entire human being just to protect herself. So, Mitch is officially getting cremated. Uh, this uh, I know this probably didn't forward the plot at all, but it's kind of cool where uh, the kid video, Rusty, the guy that blows up the house, it, uh, it could have been it could have been axed. I mean, I I... it was entertaining hated it <laughs> i hated it and that's what i even told you the other day. I I said, like, there's a I scene like, yeah. that literally stops the movie dead in its tracks for no reason whatsoever i thought that was the one you were talking about oh my god it was so stupid and it's so long they could have done a 60 second thing that made because really it was just to show the dad that it's okay to be friends with your son like mm-hmm. it calmed all these kids down i don't know why the whole scene drove me absolutely freaking nuts what do you say I I like to teach my kid about George Washington and Ronnie Van Zant in mm-hmm. the same. Uh, yeah, well, I get well, I, I get fine the, with that. I get the dad. He was. I get what they were trying to do. Like the cat, you can't be friends with your son. That's almost like a different movie, though. You know yes, what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. It was it, none of it was necessary. Yeah, because it's not. I know the. It was kind of about Drew's relationship with his dad. I didn't need to know about the cousin's relationship with his dad, and why you're allowed to be friends with your son. And they could have done it and not had this giant freaking video of a dude blowing up. And where did all of a sudden Drew get it? Why all of a sudden is he a parenting expert that he goes, hold on, kids, I need you to watch this. I'm going to I'm gonna calm all your kids down to why you guys can't be dads. I don't know if that's... Drove me freaking nuts. Yeah, I, I, it was kind of out there. It was, I don't know if it was trying to wrap his arc up with that family. Because he, after yeah. that, you really don't see no. the family except no. for the funeral. So yeah. I think that's just wrapping that arc up with that family. Very poorly some, done. Some, a little bit of closure. I do like the scene where it's like, thank you for taking interest in Jesse and Samson. I, I know, like you said, you, it, you don't care for it at all, but I thought that was a nice touch. It was fine, but I, the execution, there's this random video of them blowing up a house, and all of a sudden the kids are just like, oh, we're calm now. So, oh, he, yeah. so Drew goes back to the hotel. Claire's there with Cindy. Uh, Cindy annoys the shit out of me. Oh, from the... the yeah, yeah, from that Chuck actually, and Cindy. That actually threw me off. Why yeah. was Claire all of a sudden close with all these people? Did she just do what he did to, and she I'm, just showed up? No, I think it's just to show that she is an outgoing person and he's more an introvert and she's an extrovert and she can, you know, hang out with anybody. And yeah. there she is like, oh, Drew. Uh, like, she acts like everybody, everybody knows Drew now thanks to Claire. And they have another moment. It's good, and they finally kiss, and he, she, they tell each other they like each other, basically, in mm-hmm. so many words. It's like, I like you. I thought it was a good scene. I was fine with it. Yeah, it was, I, the, yeah, I was fine with it. Um, sleep with each other in the hotel. Yep. She's doing this thing. This is another thing where I don't think she's your typical manic pixie dream girl, because 
she actually is like kind of quirky. Mm-hmm. It's not like she's pretending to be quirky and no. then she's really this broken down person yeah. inside. No, she did the picture. Yeah, while she he's did asleep. the picture thing while she's asleep. She really is a quirky person. Yeah, I like that she was trying to wake him up, like because you could tell she's kind of a hurt person. Like mm-hmm. she's alone. She doesn't have anybody else. I don't. She makes up Ben. That's what part of the reason I was convinced Ben's not real. It's because. She's trying to wake him up so she can hear that, like, okay, goodbye. I had a really good night. And she wasn't getting it. That's why she's all... Yeah. I'm going now. Dropping. Walking out in last night's clothes. Mm, hello. Claire, don't leave. Yeah. And they have they have a really good moment after she leaves. And I like that. You failed. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. A billion dollars. A billion So dollars. you failed. I like that. I really like that... To me, when she says that, it's like the universe talking to him. Yeah. You she, failed. Yeah, she you said, failed, I don't you care. failed, you failed. Yeah, she's kept like, saying it and he waves. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't need to hear it. She's like, you failed, you failed, you failed. Like, she's trying to rub it into him and be like, yes, you're a failure. You blew it. What comes next? She's like, it doesn't freaking matter. All right. It's now time for our game Critics versus Audiences. All right, Frank. Last looks. There's one right now. (laughs) Do you think critics or audiences liked Elizabethtown? What do you think the ratings were, and what rating would you give? So, Okay, I think the ratings are going to be very low. uh, Partly because, number one, I never hear anybody talk about this movie. Number two, you did tell me people weren't fond of it yeah i'm gonna say i think the audience is higher mm-hmm. am i good there you are right the audience score is a lot higher okay i'm gonna put the audience i'm gonna say critics get it low i'm gonna put the critics I, this is gonna shock you but i think it's gonna be rotten mm-hmm. the little tomato meter yeah I, i'm gonna put them down in like the 20s mm-hmm. and then the audience i think they're gonna be a little bit higher i think they're gonna be more in I'm going to put them in the 40s. Hmm. You want to guess the percentage? Uh, I'll give the audience 45. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like the critics... Can, I don't know why, but the number 23 keeps standing on my head. So I'm going to put them 23 just for a random number. You're really close on the critics. Am I? Yeah. The critics gave it 28%. Yeah, see? Okay. Man, yeah. that is an injustice. As this movie is so much better than I that. I can see it, though. though. They, as far as they go, like... The audience score was 66%. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's not bad. The critics for a random comedy. Yeah. The critics' consensus was this story is a floundering shoot. (laughs) (laughs) This story of a floundering shoe designer who returns home for a family tragedy gets lost in underdevelopment plot lines and lackluster performances. I strongly disagree with the lackluster performances. Mm. But the I can I can see the defense of the undeveloped plot lines, but I disagree with because they're de- they they are developed. They're just they come to conclusion. Maybe there's a few. The, the, everything every problem has a conclusion to it. It does, but some of them like even like say the the Jesse and his dad and that yeah. son. It's kind of just thrown together as something extra for them to talk. What does about. it need to be developed for? Because these you are know, real people and this happens. Right, and I agree, and I'm fine with not having a big story. We don't need to be spoon fed that. I agree. But that's why I felt like it didn't need to be there. Like it was underdeveloped in the sense that they're I'm, like, 
I'm way it, defensive of this movie. I know, and you are. And I like films that you're just getting a window. Yeah. And so you don't need a lot of information on why those two dads don't get along. Yeah. But I also didn't need him at all. I didn't need to know that they have family issues. They could have just been a fun little, you know, small town family. I think that's more what they're referring to. As far as the performances, I liked everybody. I mean... We did the recasting call already. Yeah, he was fine. Like, I wouldn't say anybody's performance I, was lackluster. No. Oh, Alec Baldwin was the standout. <laughs> I mean, Bill Bannon. Yeah. Oh, Bill Bannon. Yeah. yeah. You love Bill Bannon, don't you? Oh, such a, I, I like that actor, too. We need to do a skit where you're Bill Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> you, Frank's the Bill Bannon of the world. I am the Bill Bannon. <laughs> My wife's going to, like, years down the road, Bill Bannon screwed our husband out of a podcast because he refused <laughs> to bend the knee to the ads. Yeah, that'll be you. <laughs> yeah. You're Bill Bannon. <laughs> I'm Bill Bannon. You're the one that screwed us. What? No. Yeah, because I'll sell out oh, so no, fast. Oh, no, you sell out and you drop me. He's like, uh, welcome to I'm Frank and I'm Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Take Two Podcast. Oh, my God. So, uh, what would you give the score? Oh, if you were the tomato god, what would Frank the tomato god give? I think the audience is close, mm-hmm. honestly. Because um, it, it, this movie didn't blow my mind. There's a lot about it that mm-hmm. I would have removed. But I didn't hate it, like so I wouldn't give it a rotten score. So I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stick with the 65. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that face. <laughs> oh, I kind of wish I kind of wish we had video now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Where are you? I at? don't know if the red is me crying or uh, anger. I'm gonna give it. I'm not gonna. What do you think I would give it? I'm gonna give it way too high it because does. you have emotional <laughs> attachment to I it. I do. I do, and I'm I, I I'm going to full disclosure. I have an emotional attachment to it. What do you think my score is? I want you to guess. Ah oh, man, I'm gonna gonna guess that you are in the 80s mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. And if you go in the 90s, then I know <laughs> that you're not being you're not true. Being you're literally just like I just really like it. Yeah, I give it a solid 80. I'm gonna give okay. it 80. I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable with that. No, I wouldn't give this a 90. It's definitely not a 90. No, it's but definitely not it an 80, is, but you're oh, it at is least emotionally attached. But you're if, not okay, blowing so it out of proportion. Okay, so my emotional attachment, if if I'm going to... I, that's my in-between score, mm-hmm. 80. If my emotional attachment score, I'm going to give it 85. Yeah. My... If I'm looking at this completely cold, I give it a 75. God, there's just too much extra in it that put me off. Okay. All right, so we're at the funeral. And Claire shows up. Oh, dude, did you not like this? I laugh. Okay, at what, the funeral. What part didn't you like at the Susan funeral? Susan Sarandon. Okay, I, that I'm whole fine. scene should have been cut. Yeah, I needed none of it. Okay, I liked all the. I'm random... thinking of another scene that I loved. I'm talking about the Freebird scene. Oh yeah, 100. percent That's phenomenal, dude. That was hilarious. It was so good. I about pissed myself. It was so good. It was. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily needed, but it was funny. Yeah. Freaking ruckus. Yeah. And their second ruckus. performance of all time. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, the band was, they were very good. Yeah. Like, was that him really singing? Was it oh, Schneider probably. really singing? It's possible. Wow. That was know. really good then. I think I read that that's a real band. Okay. And he's just inserted into it. Okay. Um, so that's why they performed ruckus. well. But Was that, were, did, they, did Ruckus really perform for, at the very I don't bottom think of Ruckus the is dinner? a real band. Like, oh, snap. <laughs> no, I don't think Ruckus is real. Oh, okay. But that, like, they took this band over here. And they're like, hey, play this band in this show. So anything Susan Sarandon or Judy Greer just cut completely. Cut it. Yeah. It was unnecessary. I hate her whole giant spiel about tap dancing and this. And, oh, God, it went on for so freaking long. 
And that's part of what this movie struggles with is they don't know how to shave it down to make it. This movie should have been an hour and a half. It could have been an hour and a half. And it was just over two hours long. And so that's what really bugged me. Her whole scene drove me nuts. Um, Even though they're trying to make it emotional to her accepting the death of her husband. But I don't care. It's not about him. He was just the reason that he went to Elizabethtown. Mm -hmm. And so I hated all that. I like the family members coming up and talking, giving like... Little five second um, glimpses, gl- clips into what they're saying, but that felt very real. Yeah, it felt legit, and I like when the old man comes up. Because I'm not, gonna, I'm, fun I'm to not say. even going to defend the Susan Sarandon scene. You're right. The yeah. only thing I can say to defend it is we need a little bit more time with her. I thought she would have, yeah, I, yeah, but maybe different though, something mm-hmm. different. I hated the whole montage of her, like, I want to do this. I want to learn how to do this. I'm like, what? What the hell are yeah, you I'm doing? Like, why? Why are you all of a sudden a freaking weirdo? Yeah. Like, Well, so, so you know, back to the trivia part, Cameron Crowe's father died. Yeah. And I think he went to Kentucky, or Kentucky played a part in and that's mm-hmm. where this movie came. Yeah. That's how this movie came to be. Mm-hmm. So, he's a very personal director. He takes a lot of his life experiences and inserts them into a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... Susan Sarandon scene completely below. It's it's, it's shenanigans. Oh, I mean, ridiculous. It's, it, it didn't even make sense. It's no. just like, what is this? However, crap? the ruckus scene. Let's talk about the good. The ruckus scene was absolutely hysterical. Okay, but that's why because ruckus scene was funny. Yeah. Susan Sarandon had no. They tried. There was no comedic. Yeah, they, like, and she tried to do stand up comedy, and it just yes, fell. it was just crap. Felt like a ruckus, Led Zeppelin. Ruckus was this random band trying to perform, and then the yeah. eagle this lights one, on yeah. fire. Like that was freaking it was free bird. Yes, that made it more of a slapstick comedic moment with yeah. the things burning and flying. Dude, I love the fact that they were still playing in the. Oh, he goes, the, just run yeah. with it, just keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the bird that got on fire was hysterical. The the water that um, the, oh, the, the sprinklers come on. I yeah. thought that was hilarious when they were still playing with the yes, sprinklers. Yeah. It was so I was actually jamming out to it. Yeah, like that was very fun that was too. really good. Yeah, I and I like that you know another. It was another last look. Mm-hmm. There's one right now. I like that because it's iconically Claire. Because <laughs> it was he had a lot of last looks with her. Yeah, like he was expecting her to bail on him. Yeah, he kept like expecting she stuck with him, mm-hmm. even though he was kind of a shit to her at the very beginning of yeah. their whole yeah. thing on the plane. The only this is the part almost ruins it for me. On this scene is where the sister is like getting washed over I know. with the sprinkler. I get it, but it wasn't earned. No, because you have no attachment to her whatsoever. No, she's annoying. She's annoying. Yeah, she's annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Okay, so funeral's done. Yeah. We're going on. This is usually like you would think the movie would end. Yeah, this is where it should end. Like I don't theoretically, know. theoretically, theoretically. Like, obviously, I get what they went for. Yeah. but yes, typically, I like the road trip. I did. I love the road. trip. I like the road trip because they told you it should happen. Yeah, like if I remember, she he was always That's planning. Right. This trip they did bring dad. it up at the beginning. Yeah, he she tells him everyone should go on a road trip by themselves. Yeah, he was always planning a trip with his dad. He never got because he was too busy. So this was that conclusion. He got exactly what he wanted. He got to drive with his dad, even though his dad was just an urn seat belted into the front seat. He buckled his dad in, like so. I was, I was good with all that. It just once again was so 
freaking long. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a long road trip. It was so long. I did. It didn't bother. That part didn't bother me. It's it's one of those things where I talk about the Jaws factor. Did they earn it? In my eyes, they did. Yes, I will say they earned the road trip more than not Susan so much the, Sarandon not, and everything not, else. Not the road trip so much, but okay. Let's just let's just go to the very end. She's there. There's yes. no possible way she could know where he was going to be at that no. time. I'm fine with it. It's movie bullshit. It. Yeah, I, I love that. it. It's like the shark with the tank in his mm-hmm. mouth with a yeah. cigar. I had no issue. And no, I liked it. Actually, that's yeah. what you want life yes. to be. Yes. It's what it's a projection of what you want mm-hmm. to happen. Would I love for my wife to send me on a cool road trip across the country mm-hmm. and then she'd be in that cute little red hat at a Ferris wheel and we yeah. kiss and then live happily ever after? Hell yes. That is, I, I was, I was actually, I love that. I want, I wanted that. I wanted that for the character. Oh yeah. There, stuff was kind of unresolved. Stuff was resolved. That was messy. It's messy like life, but it had this moment. And I think, I think the road trip is kind of a metaphor for, you know, these moments in life that bring us to this point yeah. where, there are moments in life that do seem magical mm-hmm. like that. I like that it's he not, finally got the adventure he was he kind did. of he didn't realize he was seeking, but he let his life get so generic and boring. And I like that this like he finally got the time with his dad, even though like I said, he's gone. But she was kind of able to break him free not being there. He followed word for word her entire stupid map, going to see the freaking hotel with MLK, going to see that, and going to this bridge. Completely unnecessary. It went way too long. But it was fun. It made her weird and him kind of just accepting life. All right. Monday morning armchair movie director. Frank, I have an idea, but what are you going to do different if you were directing this movie? I cut about 45 minutes out of it. <laughs> 45? Come on. <laughs> no, all right. I'll give you a half an hour. This movie okay. should have been 90 minutes. Yeah. The, the road trip could have been cut down like as far as the locations he goes to. I liked I liked it. It was necessary compared to everything else. Susan Sarandon's entire character could have been cut out and it would have been fine. The stupid scene with the movie could have been cut out completely. The phone call was necessary, but it could have been shortened. But if they would have just shrunk all of those things, I feel like this movie would have been way more popular. But it puts people out because there's a lot of crap happening that you mm-hmm. don't need. And so that's what I would have changed 100% without question. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I would have cut out Saran. I would have, or if you wanted to expand on it, if you wanted it to be this long, mm-hmm. do a better job yes. with that story. Just, yes, I would have done a better job of the story. It I would have no kept. Sense. I would have kept it. Actually, I take that back. I would have kept the length. I would have cut all the bull crap out with the sister. I maybe got rid of the sister's character entirely. Man. I would have got rid of the sister's character entirely. Have the mom call him. You know, have the mom. Uh, you know, have a little bit of maybe a side story. Yeah. And I mean, that that whole scene at the funeral. Yeah. I would have been done something completely different. I would have had, instead of that, I would have had her have a moment with Drew mm-hmm. because Drew was absent through yeah. the, you know, last few years of his mm-hmm. dad's life. I guess eight years he spent working on that shoe. I'm sure he was there a couple times, but I'm sure a lot, for a lot of those years, he was absent for important things. They could have 100% cut the sister and yes, make an emotional connection between. Drew the mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's just them sit there with the urn, like, something different. But her long-ass spiel about crap. I mean, why should it fix the car? And no one cared. No one else loved him. 
quite oh, like us. Yeah, I was like, shut I, up. Yeah, I would have done that completely. Ugh, it drove me freaking nuts. Uh, but otherwise, not much. I like their relationship. I like how goofy and weird she was and how kind of gray and just like, he was just like a macabre piece of paper. Like, yeah. he was just boring. Um, and that but, felt necessary. But it, but it didn't feel like he wasn't acting. It felt like that was a choice. No, no. It felt like that, that human being. Because those people exist. where They're just generic, boring people. And that's yeah. how he felt. Mm-hmm. Like, he was trapped. And I even think through all of this, he still anticipated killing himself. Like... He was going yeah, to do it. He even said, I'm going to get on the plane, deliver the boost suit, mm-hmm. come back, and get back on yeah. that bike. Yeah. And he, he, he told really her was at some his point, redeemer. Yes. I mean, and that's why he does say he at the end. learned to that's love life line. again. Yes. And that's one of the last lines. Is he says she, he kind of accepted and learned life. And that's kind of the gift she gave him. And I don't think he ever truly told her he was going to whack himself. He hinted at it one time. I don't remember word for word. Um, but a little fun fact in the scene where he's running. So, like, he does the whole road trip, which is leading to her. And I think he kind of expects it at some point. But when he's standing there, like, having to decide, do I go back on the road trip or do I go to her? In the background, there's signs, like street signs. And one says success and one says failure. Oh, yeah. And so he runs. Obviously, he doesn't acknowledge it. Nothing that matters. But I just thought it was a cool thing that he accepts his failure in yeah. life and he just goes for her. Yeah. That's, I liked it. I was yeah. into it. I didn't even notice that. Double feature. Um, Ooh. What would you think would be a good companion double feature for Elizabeth Town? Mm. You're gonna stay in the 2000s? Are you going to the 90s? Are you going to a film completely different? Citizen Frank. Kane. No, <laughs> um, no. I, I think another. But it, it is the Citizen Kane of romantic comedy. God, that's a good question. I... I like the this era of rom coms. Like, not that I like them, but it feels like a certain era where they're more kind of. Are just there rom coms anymore? Not really. No, no. I mean, and I'm I'm not talking about Netflix releases. I'm sorry, that doesn't count. I'm talking about theatrical. There was one with that just went completely under the radar. Actually, it didn't even look that good though. It was with George Clooney and Pretty Woman. <sighs> Oh my gosh, that movie's so good. Is it good? It's so good. Oh, I'm going to have to watch I it then. I love that movie. Then, then was the, the advertising sucked because it didn't look good to me. Oh, I forgot all about It's not the greatest movie ever because I clearly forgot about it. Well, it's clearly you know, Elizabeth Town. No, it's... It, that, okay, yeah. You should watch it. It's such a fun movie. <laughs> That's I really, with... I forget um, the name of it right now. Ju- uh, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts yeah. yeah. Oh no, I loved that movie. Okay. Um, But yeah, there's not a lot of great rom-coms out. I mean, there's a few that I like, but... What would I pair it with? I compare it with another. It's not a rom com necessarily, but kind of like Elizabeth Town is not really a rom com either. No, it's not. I mean, I think I know what you're gonna say. Can well, I say it? Garden yeah. State. No. Oh, no. Okay. I, that's a fair. I have to rewatch. It's that so movie. similar, really, except movie. it's a lesser movie. See, but that's why I feel like this this movie's so big. Yeah. Like there's so much going on mm-hmm. that I would put it with. I know you don't like it, but even just like a. Um, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Sweet Home Alabama, I like where there's that so much other stuff happening. So that's gonna be your it's double not, feature. Yeah, I feel it's like a good double feature. Based in the South, no, like, I could see it's a good it. Double feature. I'm going to say a good double feature with Elizabeth Town is I'm gonna go with Dan in Real Life. It's another kind of obscure comedy from uh, that era. That uh, it it's got it deals with drama. It's not really a rom com, but it kind of is. It deals with love interest. It deals with it it, it it deals with similar themes. That's Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. 
uh, it deals with family. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of people. I you know my first inkling was wanting to go to Garden State because they yeah. were almost similar movies. Um, another now I uh, another if I get a second choice now I remember the original one was <laughs> uh, it is a rom com, and I just got finished listening to a podcast about it on a, a film strip with Jay. Uh, so shout out to him for a great coverage of this movie it's called 13 going on 30 oh yeah and that's kind of more of a wish fulfillment thing and that goes back to what we were saying just it was nice to have a cool hour and a half rom-com yeah but uh as far as a double feature i'm gonna say dan in real life with steve carell i don't think i I can't remember if i saw it or not i could picture the cover his head's like laying on a thing of pancakes or whatever but yeah um i think his wife died several years ago his kids and he meets this girl Turns out his this girl is dating his brother, uh, who is Dane Cook. Um, <laughs> Dane Cook, you know what? He's Dane a, Cook is a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah. I, I don't think he's been in one thing that I I don't think he was bad in one thing he was in. No, he was good in Waiting. He was good in that ridiculous Employee of the Month movie. He was great in Mr. Brooks, which we will cover one day. Oh, I can't wait to cover Mr. Brooks. So good yeah, luck, Chuck. If you like Elizabeth Town, I think you'll also like kind of that macabre humor, mm-hmm. kind of like that sad. Everything's bad happening to me. Yeah. Situation. Uh, it's it's different enough. It's Dan in real life. Did you ever see uh, Stranger Than Fiction? Yes, a long time ago. Oh, that's such a good movie. Too. That's another where his life is just crap and mm-hmm. kind of not crumbling, but he has this generic kind of nothing life, and then all of a sudden something happens and it just turns for him. So that kind of felt like the same way. That one feels. That's more of an artistic feeling. I don't know. Either way, I think I know what movie. you're talking about. Yeah. So. Let's go, Frank. Is Elizabethtown worth a second take? Honestly, I'll say yes because I mean, well, that was a that's a weak yes. Um, it's hard because there's yeah. so much that I didn't like, and I feel like if I watch it again, I'm not gonna like those things again. But just the situation between him and Kirsten does like that's why it was good. And if it stuck to that, then and yes. Phil. And Phil, obviously Phil. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> Bill Banyan. Bill Banyan. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff in this movie that does not deserve a second take. Like Susan Strand is not going to be good the second time around, or the third time, or the fourth time. But everything else in it, it was enjoyable. I liked her. I liked their story. So yeah, I'll get. I'll, I'd I'd say yes. If you didn't like it back in 2000. Eight when you saw it for the first time. Five. No, it came out in two thousand five. But the person I'm talking to saw it in two thousand eight. If you who, who, who saw it in two thousand eight, the person right now. Who I don't I don't know their name, but I guarantee they saw it in two thousand eight and they I saw hated it. Two thousand five. Yeah, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person that's listening to well, me. How right do you know now. the person saw it in two thousand eight? I just I'm sure they did. Okay, what that I'm sure one of them saw it in two thousand. What about the person that saw it in theaters like me? No, those people don't. Those that you were the only two. <laughs> those don't matter. It made two dollars. It, it, it made twenty dollars at the box office. It was you and some random other person and the girl that you went on a date with. That was it. Uh, but either way, also thirty dollars at the yeah. box office. So if you saw it way back then and you didn't like it and you've heard that everyone hates it and so that's what you're sticking with, I say yes. Give it a second take because it might grow on you now. I think the positive. I think the positives in this movie outweigh the negatives, and I think. Th- the good in this movie gets better on the second take. So yeah, I obviously I'm recommending this second take. This is one of my favorite movies. I fully admit it's nostalgia. Favorite movies of this era and of this genre. I 
I love this movie. I unapo- I don't even say it's a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty yeah. of liking this movie. I unapologetically love this film. I think it's underrated. I think it does need a second take. Would I? Does the does the Susan Sarandon criticism valid? Is it valid? Yes. Does it need to be taken out? Yes. I would completely take it out. Uh, yeah. Could it be an hour and a half? Yeah. Does it ruin the movie for me? Absolutely not. I love the movie. I'm going with it the whole time. Even I'm at the point now where I've seen this movie so many times. My wife and I sat down and watched it. We were laughing from beginning to end. We were even laughing at that stupid Sarandon, Susan Sarandon stuff uh, because we just love the movie. Like, I'm going along with it. I'm fine with the road trip. I'm fine with the completely unrealistic part where she meets him at the end. Oh, that I, It was heartwarming. That's easy to accept. I loved it. I like it. <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> Uh, I had no issue accepting the um, her being there, her timing out his exact. Because you know it would have been really awkward though, alternate ending, if he decided to go back home and she's just standing there. Just <laughs> That's <waiting>. the really <laughs> dark ending where he gets on the bike. He goes he just, to he goes to success. It just, <laughs> just cuts to him on the bike. Just. Whoosh. Uh. So yeah, I, I liked it. That was good. Okay, guys, that's it for this show. That's Elizabeth Town. We're wrapping it up. Frank, tell us where they can follow us on social media. All right. We are on Facebook. We are Take Two Podcast. And we are on Instagram at underscore Take Two Podcast. That's the number two. So at underscore T-A-K-E, number two, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Go ahead and like, follow. Make sure you keep track of our social media because that's actually we're going to announce upcoming films so you can actually see it ahead of time so you can watch the movie uh, if you've seen it before, you can get a fresh take or get your second take on it and see if we're right, we're wrong. And if you think we're wrong, go ahead and comment, argue with us on Instagram. I'll fight with you all day. I have no issues. And until next time, I'm Wayne. I'm Frank. And this is Take Two.